0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,152.
1: Something, and you, you continue to bat away at it, then you continue to go at it, then you continue to just do what you feels right and what your passion is. Yeah.
0: Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Steve Feldman. Hey, Steve, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Steve Feldman, a.k.a. Steve's POV, or Point of View, is a YouTuber who has taken his passion for cars, more specifically Japanese cars, and created a huge following throughout the automotive community. His day job is a realtor. With Keller Williams selling residential, commercial, and investment properties in the Los Angeles area, his Steve's POV YouTube channel started as a hobby about four years ago in hopes of making more business contacts, but it quickly gained traction, especially in Japan. Steve studied international business and speaks Japanese, and he lived in Japan in the 90s where he ran his own business, and today his show has nearly 160,000 subscribers, Over 40 million views, so I'm going to probably butcher this, but Yoku Yata Steve. (laughs) (laughs) So, Steve, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Take a brief moment and share a little more about your career, your business, and a very obvious passion for automobiles.
1: Well, nice to meet you, Mark. And it's uh, an honor to be on your program and to speak to to you and your listeners. uh, Arigato! Long-running podcast. Amazing what you've done. So thank you for um, allowing me to be on it and share my story with you. I appreciate that much. You're welcome. Uh, As you well introduced, I am uh, uh, Steve Feldman, uh, a.k.a. Steve's POV realtor by day and uh, YouTuber by night And the weekends. <laughs> I, uh, I speak Japanese fluently. I read, write, and speak the language. I lived in Japan. I do a lot of international business with uh, investors from Japan for not only real estate, but for other uh, businesses as well. And one correction to your introduction, which was great because when I sent it to y- you, my bio, it was correct. But I must say over this past weekend, I'm uh, now borderline 170,000 subscribers. POV. Wow. So, wow. Uh, The channel is growing daily. I have a great uh, international audience. Um, I do a lot of uh, the videos in Japanese of uh, not only cars in Japan, uh, but cars here and uh, a little bit of culture outside of cars as well. I I love the differences between Japanese uh, culture and our culture here. And um, I like to play some funny uh, characters and kind of interpretations of different cultural differences as well, which are real popular, particularly in Japan.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well... When Steve and I were chatting in our pre-show chat, I told him something that I'm not sure I've ever shared with my listeners before, that I was made in Japan way back in the day. My parents were living there when I was conceived, so uh, yeah, I say I have it stamped on my rear end here. I don't show it to too many people, but uh, it's a wonderful culture. I've had the pleasure of visiting Japan a few times. I love the country. Uh, hopefully, maybe now you can expose a little more of what I'm doing to your followers I could only dream of having as many followers as you do, but I'm going to get there one day, Steve. I'm going to just keep working really hard. But I love having what I call sidepreneurs on Cars. Yeah, people who have another career, but they love cars and they figured out how to wrap that passion into something they do. And you're a shining example of a success of that. And we're going to learn a lot more about you as we continue on your journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been uh, instrumental in forming your success and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Steve, take the wheel.
1: I think you just hit a, one of the one of those mantras um in what you just said and and it's it has to do with consistency. There's a Japanese expression that Keizoku chikara nari. just uh, you, there's, it, you I, there's there's you know that quote?
0: <laughs> I do. Yes, I love it.
1: That quote is that you know you stay at Something and you you continue to bat away at it, and you continue to go at it, and you continue to just do what you feels right and what your passion is and and you know what um things are gonna go well if you continue to just bat away and and knock away at what you're interested in um i I like that that saying a lot uh it's something i I learned in Japan, the Japanese say it a lot and um but there's another thing too that I think is really important forty eight years old uh next week's my birthday i'm I'll turn forty eight but the uh you know I really think over time I learned something that's really important is being flexible in life. Uh, Flexibility. The Japan. This is also a Japanese thing. They say as you get older, your head gets harder, like a rock, like a stone. It doesn't. It's not a sponge anymore. It doesn't absorb. And you know, once your head gets hard and you're set in your ways, you're not flexible anymore. You're you're stuck. And the world's changed. Just you know, from when I was young and. And we were growing up, Mark, probably yourself as well. You know, I mean, we we didn't have the technologies we had today. If we're not flexible to be able to stay and uh, and adjust and 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 move into new technologies and do different things, like YouTube, I never thought at 45 years old I'd become somebody who, who who gets off a plane in Japan and has people ask me for my autograph because I have a YouTube channel. It's crazy, but that was part of the flexibility that I needed to do at that point in my life to really to stimulate more business connections and to create a new uh, brand for myself as to who I was and and trying to network with new people.
0: You know, it's absolutely marvelous. And I'm going to try something again here. Bear with me. Otan, jobio mede gozo aimasu? Uh, (laughs) I
1: totally butchered that. that. (laughs) A little bit bit off on the pronunciation, but
0: you congratulated me for
1: something, I think.
0: (laughs) I I was trying to wish you a happy birthday in Japanese, but... it, ah, it it i completely butchered it maybe you can say it properly
1: o tanjoubi gozaimasu.
0: nicely done <laughs> you did a lot better than i do yeah i may have been made in japan but that's about as far as my talents in japanese go but you know i love that whole concept of kind of like the concept of kaizen of sharpening the saw and continuing to to improve and everything and i you know you're right steve i think it's absolutely tremendous i was at uh, the Rensport reunion uh, a few weeks ago back where they had all the Porsches. And um, every time I go out and do something with what I keep doing here, putting these five shows out, I had so many people come up and go, Hey, I listened to your show. I really appreciate it. And it just go, wow, I'm actually making an impact here. Uh, People are listening and enjoying it and learning things from it and being inspired. So, uh,
1: yeah and you keep doing it you're at th- I'm 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 episode 1153 I think you you said Yes yeah I mean that's pretty impressive man I mean to be doing that you think about in a lot of businesses to you know a lot of people don't last that long in what they're doing that's that's the kezo chikarenari that that's the that's that's what it is. I mean, and for me on YouTube, it's two videos a week. It's 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 consistency. It's stuff that I like, you know. Um, and apparently, some other people seem to like what I like too, and they follow along. And you know, I just keep doing it. I never knowing really what would come of it, but you know, fortunately, fortunately, it's it's grown into a, a really nice following and and business. My original intention wasn't to build a a fan base uh, to build a, a channel that had. This many subscribers. It was really to find people that I could make money with and do business with and, yes. and maybe investors who wanted to who do business with me in the United States. But um, it, it grew into more than that. And for that, I, I really think that that expression, that saying about consistency is, is so important, is, is really um, behind it.
0: Well, it is. And uh, I'm really proud of what you've done, because I know the work it takes to put these kind of things together. You just get up and start moving your legs and you don't stop. And you yeah. just do it day after day after day. And um, it's fun, though. And uh, as you've experienced, you get to meet very interesting. Really? You never know where it's going to go. And, uh, you know, about four weeks ago, I hit a million listens or a million downloads wow. um, on iTunes. And I'm like, whoa, I had to kind of just stop and go, holy cow, that's like a big number. You know, there's a lot of YouTubers that have you know way bigger numbers than that. But the fact that I've touched that many people over the last four years is pretty cool. So thank you for sharing that. Love that saying. Since I was made in Japan, I'm going to have to have you spell that out for me. I'm going to put it on my computer so I can look at it every day. And the next time we talk, I'm going to do a much better job of pronouncing my Japanese to you. No problem.
1: (laughs) Watch Steve's POV, and I bet you can pick up some uh, pronunciation tips as well.
0: I'm going to do more of that. Absolutely. And uh, my good friend, Kenji Yoshino, who first took me to Japan, who sells, believe it or not, citron parts. Wow. Go figure that. A guy, a Japanese guy selling French car parts. I mean, it's pretty cool. But yep. yes, uh, Kenji taught me some uh, great Japanese phrases when we were in Japan and showed me a good time there. So I miss spending time with him. I got to go back to Japan and take him with me because having somebody who knows Japanese and knows Japan when they're there with you, it just uh, makes the trip so much more special. But wonderful people, wonderful culture, wonderful country. Let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars, that pivotal moment when you knew you were a car guy?
1: Um, I don't think I was too far out of the womb before I I learned that part of it. Um, (laughs) I grew up in, I was born in New York in the Bronx. I grew up uh, on the East Coast and mostly in New Jersey, right outside of New York City area. I hear a little
0: bit of that accent there. Just coming through. I tame it
1: uh, back a little bit now i i, I, I 'm able to turn it on when when need be uh, <laughs> uh, depending who i 'm talking to but you know the I grew up my dad was uh, in the auto parts business my dad, in fact, you may appreciate this mark in your audience too. Of listeners, my dad was a Hearst perf- was the Hearst Performance representative in the New York, New Jersey, uh, and, and tri-state areas in the in the late 60s. Um, he put uh, shifters and Hearst Performance equipment at the speed shops and old uh, automotive parts stores back then, and that was my dad's business. He was an automotive uh, parts uh, mass wholesaler. He, he supplied uh, gas stations when they used to buy parts off of trucks and 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 wagon jobbers and guys used to come and he loaded their trucks. So I grew up. Around cars, not only in a warehouse supplying cars, parts for cars, but I, my dad always had cars. He had old muscle cars. He had old hot rods, street rods, Mercs, chop Mercs, uh, 57 Chevys, 50 you know, Tri-5 Chevys, uh, early Impalas, 409s, forth. I grew up with those cars and, and, and that was my life. My first car. I was 13 years old. We went down to Atlanta, Georgia, and, and I remember going to a guy's house that my dad knew, and he had a 52 Ford F100 pickup parked in the driveway, and I remember seeing that truck, and I said, man, I want that. That's my first car. I want to work on that thing. I want to restore it, and we uh, we bought it. We brought it back to New Jersey, put it in my driveway, and I worked on it, and worked on it, and restored that thing, and turned it into a really nice truck, and from there, uh, I had a 61 Chevy Bel Air, two-door post. I had... Um, I had a 72 Chevelle convertible at the time I had, you know, I just started going crazy with cars, kind of like my dad had always done. And and I I had the bug. But it's funny back then, Mark, I, I I had, you know, this is we're talking about I was born in 1970. You know, we're talking about the 80s, uh, buying cars that were, you know, in the 60s and 50s that I was into a, a, at that time. But I had no interest whatsoever in anything Japanese at that time at all. I didn't like Japanese cars. I wasn't impressed with Japanese cars. I didn't I thought they were piles of crap. I thought that they were, you know, pieces of junk. I I really I wasn't into the Japanese cars whatsoever. In fact, I wasn't into Japan. I wasn't into animation. I wasn't into manga. I wasn't into all the things that when I wound up at the University of Wisconsin as a business major and they started talking about Japan all the time and how Japan has been so successful in business, such a small country, devastated you know, lost in war, you know, in a war to the United States is rebuilt and come back to become one of the world's top economies, if not possibly the world's number one economy back then, they were saying, uh, uh, Japan is number one was a book that was out. And there was so many things written about how the Japanese do things. As a business student at Wisconsin, we talked a lot about why the Japanese are successful. And I found that to be very interesting. I found the culture to be interesting. And I said that I wanted to set my life in business and marketing and management and international business with a Japanese focus. And I started studying the language. That's where my language connection came from, from uh, business. And then it was my first trip to Japan in my junior year of college. To on a, I went to Japan and was on a chicken farm, uh, believe it or not, for uh, three months during a summer. I, um, it was an opportunity I got and, and I, I got to Japan. And for the first time, I started seeing cars that I'd never seen before. And, and I started looking, I'm saying, wait a minute, look at these skylines. Wait a minute, look at these, these big VIP sedans and look at these turbocharged, you know, um, cars that we don't have. We're, these cars are cool. These are awesome. And the Japanese were styling them and lowering them and widening them and, 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 you know, and having fun with them. And at night you could hear the guys drifting and and street racing and, you know, everything else. And being a car guy, I naturally started kind of gravitating toward people in Japan as I walked around who were into cars. And since I was wanting to speak Japanese more, they became friends. And to today, those are still people that, um, you know, I've developed much bigger interest in Japanese cars since then. I still love American cars too, but I love everything, man. If it's got a a gas powered engine or a diesel powered engine and it's got preferably four wheels or more, but I mean, two wheels or three wheels too, but I'm, I'm interested in it. I want to try to drive it and I can have as much fun driving a a a pacer an amc pacer as i can drive have driving a a lamborghini sv as i just did on gumball rally in japan
0: nice nice very very cool well i always say if it rolls on rubber i love it and i think it's appropriate your dad back in the day selling uh hearse products this is SEMA week you and i are here in las vegas at SEMA and enjoying the aftermarket automotive industry my 30th year coming to this event and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way, because these are marvelous learning lessons. I would imagine maybe you've run into a few little speed bumps along the way, especially as you learned how to become a YouTuber and then as this thing has evolved into this wonderful experience you have. So walk us through one of those, would you?
1: Um, yeah, I'm going to walk you through one. And I'm, it just is a more general thing. I think um, I was talking to a kid yesterday, came up to me at a car show. and said, how do you speak Japanese? How do you do it and everything else? And I, I you know, I can, I want to learn. I want to do it. And he said, I didn't go to college or anything. I said, man, you know, you don't need to go to college to to do a lot of things. And either, you know, life's gonna, you're gonna learn a lot of stuff. And in, in life, and you're gonna fail, you know, a lot at 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 a lot of different things. And, and the point is that they may cost you money. And you know, that that's like paying tuition. You know, it's a cost. Yes. Of education it 's cost of learning, and you know if you learn from that experience, even if it costs you, hopefully you get out of it with minimal damage, but you learn that you don 't repeat the same things again, you know, or preferably the next time you get into a situation, you think, okay, you learn from your experience, and I really think life is a lot of learning from experience that they don 't have to happen in college, you learn a lot in college, but you can learn a hell of- my dad didn 't go to college, you know he was uh, he used to say he was a a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks. I think that's an old uh, thing
0: oh, yes. that
1: that the dads used to say. You know, yep. uh-huh. I think there's a real good meaning to that. Uh, it's said in a different way. I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be up and down and up and down. Life has got waves and 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 you know what? Hopefully, they're minimum waves as opposed to big peaks and valleys. And you know, you balance them and you stay flexible and you adapt and you try not to repeat the same things over and over again. And I think my YouTube channel now to bring it back to that with that kind of mantra is. You know, you start again, I used to sit up at night and it's real hard to put the YouTube channel together, particularly mine, because there's so much a lot of people don't even know about behind the scenes that you're doing, but then to do it in two languages and buy and then translate it and do all that. It's a lot of work. And you sit there and you put videos up and you say, I know I need to be consistent. I know I need to do this. I know I need to do that. But, you know, the first several months or, you know, almost a year, maybe not a lot of people watch and, you know, not a lot of people paid attention and then you sit Mm -hmm. and you you you, how do you handle rejection how do you handle the first people who start to say well your channel sucks
0: yeah i know it's it's just
1: like Like, oh bro oh speak (laughs) English or hey why you know why are you doing this you know and those first and and i gotta tell you i always said i'm not gonna let myself be hurt by what but somebody says but it, it i'd be lying if i said it didn't bother me a little bit when i got those first couple of thumbs down but then you say you know what man, it's easy for somebody to sit behind a keyboard somewhere and behind a computer screen in their, you know, in their underwear in their mom's basement, you know, uh, criticizing other people. And it's a hell of a lot harder to get up and go out and meet people and speak another language and network with people and put a lot of effort into doing something. And you know what? I'm gonna let those, that negativity from these people, I'm gonna make it powerful for me. I'm going to make it feel better. The more they pull up my leg, and the more they try to pull me down, the more I'm going to be motivated to do better and to do do more. And, and you know what? That's okay. It's like fuel. And and thankfully, I don't get a lot of negativity. But but when I do, it still sometimes it, it, it hurts a little bit. Uh, but I've, I think I've learned to kind of use that as power as gasoline to just kind of keep doing more because I know a hell of a lot more people like it than don't. And, you know, those people sitting at home and you know, saying that behind a computer screen, the safety of that, if that's what their thing, that's their thing, I guess, you know, let them do what they want to do. I, I like to celebrate on my channel, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys like who are, you go to these car shows, and you got the beautiful hot rods and the cars that everybody's paying attention to. And then you got a couple of guys who are in the corner, you know, off to the side, and they've got cars that are not recognized by a lot of people, you know, or they're, you know, they, they may not be clean and shiny, they may still be kind of partway through partway done. But I like to go to guys like that, you know what I mean? And, and I feel for those guys, maybe more now that I do a channel because, you know, they, they got limited resources. Maybe they got limited money. Maybe they got, you know, a, a wife who's not 100% on board with their passion, but they're doing their, the work themselves. They're pounding away. They're doing body work themselves. They're painting themselves. They're tuning themselves. And they don't get paid attention to. But, you know, when you go up to a guy like that, and I learned this from my channel, I think it's a great life lesson. You compliment somebody, man. You go up to somebody and say, you know what, buddy? I see where you're going with your car. I, I like what you're doing with it. You change somebody's life, man. You, you make somebody, you, I mean, you make a friend for one and, and, and that's the car community is great for networking and making great connections and great friends. Cause there's great people in this community, but you want to make somebody feel good. You want to really change somebody's life and their perspective and give them motivation, go up to them and say, Hey, your car's awesome. You know, I, I see where you're going with it, man. Can't wait to see your next step. You have know, one word like that. That's it. Give them. And then, and then the other thing was, and this came from my dad and it became something I do on my channel and sorry to ramble on, but you don't even have to speak the language with that person. All you got to do, go up to him, smile and put a thumbs up, give him a thumbs up and smile. And that's it. You've got yourself a friend, you got yourself a pal and you know, you did a nice thing for somebody too. And it'll come back to, to you too at some point.
0: Yeah. Over time that does come through in consistency. And I, I think one of the best things anyone can do for anybody is encourage them in any way you can. Like you say, a thumbs up if you don't speak the language, a kind word, a question. Hey, what are you doing here? Tell me a little bit about your car. But I think that's it is. And, you know, someone told me that the first time I got some kind of negative comment about what I'm doing with my podcast is you haven't made it until you have a critic. And once you have a critic, you know, you've made it. And, you know, you just kind of bob and weave and let those go by. Some of them are constructive, but I always say people are really brave behind a keyboard. We see it in social media. And I think, would you really say that to somebody to their face? Seriously, I don't think so. Um, and uh, your character kind of comes through there. So I appreciate you giving some folks out there who are trying to do what we're doing, trying to be out, put stuff out there, create things, some encouragement. Let's shift gears and talk about a big aha moment. I'm guessing with this YouTube channel, you had one of those when you went, "What is going on here? I've got all these followers in Japan. What what's going on?"
1: My aha moment was, you know, I. I, I used to think maybe even with me studying Japanese, I got into learning Japanese and business N- near the tail end of the Japanese uh, business boom. It kind of came down on the Japanese burst of the bubble. I got to experience the tail end of it. But then I got into uh, uh, Japan and I was there during a time where the Japanese economy started con- con- you know, f- dropping as opposed to growing. Oh, yeah. And it's continued on that route for a long time. As And then you look at China and you, China's growing up and you, I'm saying, God. I always feel like I'm either a little ahead of the curve or a little behind the curve. And then, and then uh, you know, but again, that consistency, let's stay consistent. So, I, you know, I start this Japanese YouTube channel and I do most of the videos in Japanese with English subtitles. And I suffered by not getting as big of an American audience because of the fact, you know, a lot of people just don't want to f- watch a guy speak in Japanese and read along as opposed to just listening to a guy speak English. I I get it. But I said, you know what? That's me. That's who I am. This is what I do. This is my niche. It's unique. Nobody else is going to do it. I'm just going to keep doing it. and. I approached some, my channel, maybe was four or five, six months old. And I had a trip planned to Japan and I was thinking about what to do. And I reached out to a couple of bloggers in Japan. I wrote them, I said, Hey, uh, in Japanese, of course, and, and in polite, proper business etiquette, Japanese, uh, I wrote them a letter and I said, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And, um, I'm looking for some ideas when I'm in Japan for something that might be interesting content. And, um, They wrote back right away, and they said, "Hey, we know your channel, we like it, and yeah, we'd love to help you. You know, check out these people." And they gave me a group, a bunch of names. I uh, then wrote those people directly and wrote very polite letters. And I said, "I'm going to be in Japan at this time. I'm a YouTuber. I've, you know, this is my channel." And at that time, still a few years ago, I mean, and even now, you know, the word YouTuber to a lot of people is like another world. You know, it's something. You know, it's something. Wow. My God, you know, it's, it's, it's there's a wow factor to it. And the Japanese at that time uh, were really wowed by that. They let me come in and I filmed a video at that time with the guy. It was called it's called Tokyo Midnight Lambo Run. What that video was, this is kind of an outlaw kind of character in Japan. His name is Morohoshi, and uh, um, a lot of people think he, he's a thug, he's a gangster, he's a, a Yakuza mafia, mafioso in Japan. And, and you know, I, I didn't really care what he was. I mean, I, I was going to approach him like I'd approach everybody politely and see what it is. And he wrote back right away and said, absolutely, come in. I want to meet you. Let's, let's do some fun videos together. And we filmed the Tokyo Midnight Lambo run, which is essentially this guy has Lamborghinis. He has rare Diablos. He has uh, rare Aventadors. He has... Very rare stuff. And all of his crew, all the guys around him, are a bunch of really rich guys who used to be little troublemakers in Japan when they were younger. Now they got a lot of money and they're in their 40s. And they all got crazy Lamborghinis with LED lights, uh, Godfather horns, uh, strobe lights, wrap uh, jobs that are hologram or reflective. I mean, the craziest cars you've ever seen. They look like spaceships, right? And I, he let me in and he, and he invited me. We went out and did a shoot that night called Tokyo Midnight Lambo Run that I shot and I came back and I edited and I put it on and, and the video went viral. It went absolutely crazy. It went to th- almost 2 million views in uh, wow. a short period of time. I grew a lot of subscribers from that. It went crazy. And and uh, then, you know, I told you in the introduction, the other side of my channel was this comparison video thing. And I I wanted to do something simple to show how I look at Japan and America as being different. at the same time as that Tokyo Midnight Lambo came out, I sat down at a desk in my office and I, and I played a three-minute Video. I, I did a three-minute video where I was a Japanese salary man, or you know, a Japanese businessman, as they call them, salary man, and a and an American salesman. And the same, same guy, me playing both characters, and it was kind of just a funny little highlight on the differences between mannerisms and things that we do in the two countries. And that video went viral all of a sudden, uh, too, on my channel. And now I started getting people outside of automotive stuff as well started looking at the channel. And then I knew my aha minute was you know what? This, this is my passion. This is what I do. I do videos in Japanese. It may cost me American subscribers. It may cost me some people don't want to watch my channel read along, but you know what? Um, I'm the only guy doing anything like this and I'm going to keep with what I'm doing and just keep going. And, uh, um, and, and, and that was it, you know, that was when I really realized just, just do, be, be polite, be respectful, make your channel you know, a, a G rated or PG rated channel. You know, I, I, yeah. I, there's a lot of young kids watching. They're very in, influenced by stuff. If I do that and do what I like, um, I think, you know, a, a lot of people will kind of come along for the journey. And, and that, that's what's happened so far.
0: Subarashi. Yes. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Very nicely done. I'm going <laughs> to slip a few of those in here. We'll see how I do here. He could be my Japanese coach. You touched base on that, that Ford truck you had, first special car. Is that, you're really the first special car you had or is there something else that stands out?
1: I got to tell you that I think, you know, that that was my my first special car. And and then I, I, maybe more special of that was that second car I bought, that 61 Chevy two door uh, sedan, the Bel Air. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it was my dad and, and I, I speak about my dad a lot. He passed a year and a half ago. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, again, he was in automotive since we're talking mostly automotive stuff. He was my influence in that you know, the 61 Chevy two-door sedan, the Bel Air, why I got that car is because when my dad was a, a, a kid growing up in the Bronx and racing on Pelham Parkway and the, between the, the connecting highways they, they called the area, it was a quarter mile strip there. He was racing in a car that he called the Deadly Dudley.
0: and the, the Deadly, Deadly Dudley? Deadly,
1: Deadly <laughs> Dudley was a 61 Chevy Bel Air two-door sedan, Postcard. It's a unique car because I don't know if you can picture it, Mark, but it has that roof that hangs over the back window, the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Classic. Very classic, you know, muscle car, hot rod type of look. And I had a, I didn't have a 409 in mine. I think he had a 409 in his, but mine was a, uh, I ran a small block Chevy in mine with a, with a four speed. And it was, you know, reminded me, I painted it like he had it back in the day and did it. So that car was really special, but, and it still is. But I think now where I'm at in my life now, the most special car to me has become uh, I sent you a picture of it. It's my 1971 Nissan Skyline uh, um, right-hand drive.
0: Yeah, I'll put that up on uh, Steve's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website so you listeners can see what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's a unique car. It was never for sale in the United States. And it's one of those cars that when I got to Japan, Mark, I was like, dude, I mean, you just, you know, you said if it's got rubber and four wheels and it's on the road and you're a car guy, no matter what it is, I mean, when you see something cool, it's it's cool. And when I saw that car... In Japan, for the first time when I went there, I, I said, that is a cool car. And, you know, I can't say that that time I said, one day I'm going to own one. But I, I, I it was always a car. I said, man, I want one of those. And I bought one when I was living in Japan back in the 90s. I bought one. And then business and this and that, you know how it is. I, I got to a situation, I had to sell it, and I regretted it, man. I regretted it, I regretted it. And then a few years ago, after the channel picked up, I said, I'm going to get myself another one of those cars. And now that car has become, on my channel, the whole story with that car. It's the, it's the whole story of how Steve went to Japan to buy it, how Steve imported it, how Steve brought it through customs, and then how I DIY, I love doing stuff myself, trying, challenging myself to do it yourself projects, and then building that car to where it is today. It's gone through a lot of looks, and a lot of people follow the car, and it's certainly one of the more popular car-related um, series on my uh, channel.
0: Nice. Well, I love it. You know, what's funny about it is that people are going to roll their eyes at this comment. But when you think about the the lack of a B-pillar in that Bel Air, your car doesn't, it looks like it doesn't have a B-pillar in there. Is that right? It's a hard top. A hard top. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. So it's got a little bit of that element. Again, some folks are going to go, Mark, how are you seeing a Bel Air in that thing? But, but it also kind of has a Capri look to it, a little bit of a B210 Datsun. You know yep. all the famous Brock uh, Racing, uh, Peter Brock's Racing Enterprises. There, so very cool.
1: Have you seen? Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, you, but you'll, no. you'll probably appreciate this since you've been to SEMA and you know the car most likely. How about picture my skyline now when you're looking at the picture and picture that fa- What's that Falcon that they did that they slammed and widened? Was that the Hoonigans or one of those cars? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? Do you not yeah. see a little a little bit of that of that sixty-eight, sixty-nine Falcon look in that car too?
0: Being, slammed? I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do, and uh, yeah. There's uh, there's also a really cool car that uh, a past friend of mine we lost last year, Bruce Levin, built a Ford coupe, a '51 Ford coupe that Wicked Fabrications here in the Northwest built. That also has a little bit of that feel to it. Now the Ford coupe's a little longer, stretched out, a little bigger car, but yeah, it has a little bit of a muscle look to it. You just it looks like it's going somewhere. I love it. It's cool. Well, how about Sellers from Morris? Is there a car you've let go that you wish you had back Is that, that first Skyline?
1: Um, yeah, but I've replaced it now, so it's not a not a regret on that. Um, um, I, I guess, you know, for the nostalgic reasons, I, I could see myself wanting that 61 Bel Air again. I got this thing for station wagons. I really like station wagons. I uh, do too. You know, I, I had a 59 Chevy wagon. I mean, I thought that was a super cool car. I like... Uh, yesterday I was at a car show here, and I, man, I, I just I, every time I turn, or get catch my eyes looking at something. Yesterday it was a uh, yesterday was an old Edsel wagon. It was must have been a fifty eight uh, Edsel Etzel wagon. I mean, how rare with a roof rack, and I mean, and all the windows. I mean, I, you know, if um, I, I I don't know, I love those. I can't say right now. I think if I have a goal, my, uh, maybe the next goal is not one that necessarily. I had a Ferrari, and 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 I, you know, as a kid, I promised I would never. I, I was never into supercars, but again, as I grew and matured, and as I started doing the channel and you know, the supercar thing grew on me, and having a young kid who grew up with top gear on t v doesn't help because all of a sudden his interest, my son he's eighteen now, but it turned from muscle cars into uh supercars very quickly, and since I love being with him and we spend so much time together going all the you know things every weekend car events, he said, Dad, I want to get a car uh we bought a a Ferrari three sixty spider back um I don't know, when he was t- 11, 12 years old. And we had a lot of fun in that car, man, a lot of fun. And it's not to say that I, I sold the car, but we have a goal, me and him, that we're going to buy probably a 458 or a 488 Ferrari at some point, and we're going to customize it. And I know some of your purest viewers are going to throw up in their mouths right now. Okay. <laughs> so, so get ready. Warning three, two, one. Yeah. We're probably going to cut the fenders, widen it, slam it, customize it. Wow. Even throw some of those crazy LED lights all over it. So, uh, Okay, you guys can put your your headphones back on.
0: Yeah, you can listen again. Well, they did make sixty one. They did make that Parkwood station wagon, the Chevrolet Bel Air wagon. I love which it. Is, was kind of cool. I love the way the line comes down across the back, forms that little V in the trunk. So, yep. Oh, there's so many cars we all like to have. Well, what's going on with your YouTube page, Steve's POV, right now that has you excited and fired up? Well,
1: um, what has me excited and fired up is, you know, the, uh, well, two things. One, this past weekend, and the reason I have to correct you is because I know I just uh, emailed you a day or so ago, a couple of days ago, but uh, with uh, my bio. But since then, uh, some of those uh, cultural comparison videos, USA versus Japan videos, the uh, Japanese salaryman salesman videos have gone viral in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, actually had my best day ever on YouTube uh, two, three days ago. I got about 6,000 new
0: subscribers in one wow. day. Wow. Holy cow. Um, what? Oh, my goodness. So that was
1: great. But on the car front, uh, my, my skyline, I, uh, it's not going to be for everyone. I get it. But um, I, I wanted to change the look of the car recently. And it was red and black for the last three or four years. And I recently um, was approached by a, a famous designer here who uh, – and he knew I was thinking about doing some changes to it. And I wanted to give the car a new look. And this is where I came up with this um, fighter uh, 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 jet yeah, fighter design—the Zero fighter. It's a—it's a World War II uh, um, Japanese kind of fighter. Uh-huh. Uh, plain look. It's—it's it's certainly not exact or whatever. But I—I I like that weathered look, and I wanted to give it a kind of a very pure kind of Japanese unique look that other people don't have. And I changed it. And since then, the car is really. Um, taken off i've got the views on the videos went crazy um and uh um i've gotten approached now by a couple of different magazines who are coming out uh, tomorrow who are going to take pictures of it so it's really uh, the new look there's a lot of hype behind it and it's got me got me pretty excited
0: well it's really cool and i'll remind listeners i'll go to cars yeah website uh type in Steve Feldman, and you'll see a picture of this car. It's really cool. I, I love the way they did the the creativeness of it. Yeah, old back, old school. Looks like a fighter that's been through a lot of battles. So, yeah, I love it. I love everything about it. Well, Steve, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a car sitting in your garage, what would you be and why? Oh man, um,
1: I guess I'm going to be a, a an older car. I'm going to be a I'm going to be a Lamborghini Diablo GT. Oh. Okay.
0: You, you threw me for a loop there. I'm surprised.
1: Yeah. I don't know why that came to the tip of my mind just now, but I'm going to tell you, I think it's because one, uh, you know, I'm I'm not slowing down. I I want to, I want to move quickly. I, uh, as, as, uh, as a uh, Lamborghini is capable of doing, uh, Lamborghini is like a bull. It's, it's, it's charging. I, I mean, I, I, I'm moving forward. I, 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 you know, it's, it's old school. I'm not a young guy. I'm an older guy, but I want to, kind of, you know, a Diablo is still hip today. It's not an old car that's not hip. Kids kids still love it. And I, I want to mm. be somebody who kind of talked to young people, to old people, be cool on different levels, but be me. I mean, and and uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why that car came to mind. I, it's, it's a car my son and I talked about buying one day too. And maybe that's why it's something that me and him could enjoy a lot.
0: I think so. Very cool. By the way, Steve, you are a young guy just from my side of the fence. <laughs> You're a young guy. So don't worry about that. You're having fun the
1: YouTube world though. It's, it's, it's very, it's a different world, man. You, you look at the guys who are successful on YouTube. They're in their teens and twenties. I know <laughs> it's, um, it's a younger world. So I feel like, I feel like the older voice in that world. I, but, but I like that. That's a challenge and it's fun. And, um, it motivates me to, to, to just do what I do.
0: You've hit your mark. I think very nicely. Well, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Carja yeah Sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Steve, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Diablo throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't give up.
1: Keep trying, trying. You know, if you fail, keep, uh, and this is working on car automotive advice, but uh, try again. Don't get frustrated. You know, take a break, come back and do it again. Try it again.
0: Those are the words from the hundreds of uh, racers I've had as guests on the show. Never, ever give up. Those great words by Winston Churchill. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Being a man of your word, sticking to what you say, doing what you say and honoring that. And uh, and I think that's a very important habit for success on many fronts.
0: You know, that's very important in the Japanese culture, as I understand it as well. Is there a Japanese phrase or saying to be a word of a man of honor, a person of honor, of honor your word?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to think of what a good one is. That's kind of simple. But yeah, there certainly is. I mean, uh, yugen jiko means that, you know, you're you do what you say. There you yogi go. Jiko. So I mean, that's yogi. a simple. It's uh it's called yoji jukugo. It's a four four kanji put together that make that has a lot of meaning in four little uh, uh, characters, and and Absolutely. basically do do as you say. You're going to do. That's
0: it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Be a man or woman of your word. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? I kind of think I know of one.
1: I think I know of one too. That would be Steve's POV on YouTube. <laughs> yes. Um, <can't, laughs> You know, if you're motivated to learn another language, if you're motivated to learn about another culture, if you just like cool cars and stuff, and if you're motivated to say you're not too old to, to learn something new, if I can do it, take a look at me. I, I, I am not Japanese, not even a, not even an ounce, and, and, you know, this is just a passion that I have. You know, if you got a passion, do it. Don't copy anybody. Do your own. Do what you love and, and, and what you like and just stay at it, consistency, and uh, who knows what the possibilities are.
0: So a kid from the Bronx, the Bro- how would I say the, the Bronx? i are going to say it for me. Say it the right the way. Bronx. The Bronx. The Bronx. Bronx, yeah. But say it with the accent. That's what I want to hear.
1: I'm just, a, I'm just another guy who grew up in the Bronx.
0: You the know Bronx, what I mean? yeah. The Bronx, yeah. Speaking Japanese, there you go. You can do anything you want in this life. If I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be?
1: I guess I'd like to go back and sit with Henry
0: Ford. Yeah, yeah. That'd be something. Yeah, now get him sitting down at the same table with Mister Honda. That would be something.
1: Eh? Well, you know, I like that. That there you go. You bring two right. You bring a Japanese revolutionary and and that together. Those guys from that time and sit back today and have them look now at automotive history to today. Boy, would that be a conversation to have?
0: Well, and and even more, what comes to my mind is you know Ford had a lot to do with the World War Two industry of war machinery and vehicles yeah. and airplanes and things but now to have them come now and say look we are friends we're countries that work together we're friends at all that's behind us i mean that'd be another aspect of it that i think both of them i hope it would bring a smile to their faces yeah. absolutely yeah now how about a book uh, there are wonderful books out there for business and cars and all sorts of things is there one you've read you'd like to share Oh man,
1: I I gotta say, one of my weak points is uh, when it comes time to reading books. um, I I don't read. How about car magazines? (laughs) Car magazines. You know, there's, there's, I'll tell you what, here's a unique one for your listeners. You know, um, you may not speak or read a word of Japanese, but I gotta tell you, the Japanese have some of the coolest, best pictured, best printed, beautiful car magazines on earth. And if you just, I mean, if you could find one, go to Japan, go into a convenience store, and pick one up. I'm telling you, you don't have to read the language or even understand. Just l- thumb through these impressive car bibles, and I mean, they they'll they'll got still got magazines, print magazines in Japan from about American muscle cars, you know, about custom cars, about just about every type of car genre you can imagine. Um, I'm just going to recommend somebody check out something different that you haven't seen before. Pick up one of those a thumb through a Japanese car magazine. You'll probably dig what you see.
0: Yeah, they are really cool. I used to do business in Japan, and I imported a lot of products back when I was working at Griot's Garage, way back before the, the dollar kind of crushed the Japanese yen and everything changed, you know, that time period. But there was a car magazine we were involved with called Car Magazine uh, that did a really great job, still exists today. And they came out here and did a, story of my wife and i in our garage because they covered a lot of uh car and there was also i think car graphic i think might have been graphics
1: is a huge yeah unbelievable yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah great people to work with wonderful magazines i couldn't understand anything that was written in them but i really enjoyed th- the pictures i thought that was really great well listeners you can find links to all these great things steve has shared with us on his cars yeah show page just go to com type in steve feldman And that will pop right up. All right, Steve, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today is your lucky day because I'm going to buy you any car on the planet, any collector car you'd like to have. It could even be a modern car, but this is going to be a toy car. And there's a couple rules to this game. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. Money is no object and you have to drive it. No garage queens allowed. I want you out there enjoying this thing. So what can I buy you?
1: All right. So we're going to go back uh, farther. This is, um, um, I think this would be Japanese roots, I guess. Now I'll go to some of my Japanese roots. I gave you Italian before with the Lamborghini. Now I'm going to go with a, um, uh, so the next generation of my Japanese skyline is becomes a car that's called the Ken Mary, Ken and Mary. They, uh, they used a couple of blonde kids named Ken and Mary to to create a car after my generation skyline. And I guess I would really like to have a, 1974-75, I believe, is the years they started a Japanese uh, Skyline Ken Mary GTR.
0: Oh, okay. Now that's a car I'm not familiar with. I'm gonna have to look this up.
1: K E N, and with very various different spellings depending on how they do it. But you can put it in Nissan Skyline Ken and Mary like Ken and Mary, or just put in Ken Mary, K-E-N-M-E-R-I is one word. And you will see this car and say early skyline. It's very rare. It's very collectible. And it would definitely be something that I would put in my garage to continue what seems to be a a bit of a Nissan infinity that I, you know, Nissan, you know, the love that I seem to have. I really, I love all cars, but it seems to be, I got a lot of Nissans right now in my garage. Uh, Yeah. And that would be one I'd love to add to the collection.
0: All right. Happy to do that for you. Well, Steve, you've taken me on a great ride today. Arigato for doing that. I've really yeah. enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Which offers one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 74 Canemary Skyline GTR.
1: You know, find something you like. Follow your passion. Don't try to be somebody else because you're not. You're you. Do what you like, if if it's whatever it is, and even if people don't think it's something that's worthwhile, well, do it. And don't. And one last thing, I'm gonna say, don't you know, whether it be YouTube or whatever it is you start, don't start with the thought that I'm gonna. This is definitely gonna be successful. It's gonna be just take it easy, do what you like, be consistent, do it, and you know what, before you know it, good things start to happen. But they take time. Everything takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So that's why the consistency is important. And um, follow your passion.
0: Yep, absolutely. Great words of of advice. What are all the different ways people can follow along with Steve's point of view, Steve's POV?
1: It is Steve's POV on YouTube. I am also on Instagram, uh, not nearly as big as uh, YouTube is, but uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. Um, I am available on all those social media platforms, but YouTube uh, is certainly the best way to stay up to date with me. I have new releases every uh, week, two new releases on Tuesday at, at 3 p.m. Pacific and also on Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific are my times that I release new videos weekly consistently.
0: There you go. And if you've got a real estate question, just go to com in the Los Angeles area, and I think Steve could help you out with that as well. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Steve has shared today on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to com, type in Steve Feldman, F-E-L-D-M-A-N. And that page will pop right up. Steve, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, and I'm gonna try this one more time. Watashi wa anata no mishi o mimasu.
1: Yeah, good job. Better good on that one.
0: <laughs> there you go. I'll see you down the road. Thank Arigato, sayonara. It's been fun. You betcha.